we are going to get right into it this morning. I'm excited about today. We started our Believe series last week, the first Sunday of the new year, and we, we talked about repentance. We talked about forgiveness in the heart of Jesus to forgive us and our um, ability, the gift that we have of repentance. And, and we talked about the heart issues, right, first. Today, we are going to be talking about healing. We're going to talk about physical healing. And the question this morning is, do we believe that Jesus heals? All right. Okay, let's, thank you. Y'all have a great rest of your Sunday. I'll see you next week. All right. Okay. Let's expound on that a little bit, right? Let's see what that really looks like. Do we believe that Jesus heals? Do we believe that Jesus heals? Yes. Okay. I love a captive audience. This is good. Um, I, wanna, I want to dive into some scripture here that, that shows that, but also some of the difficulty in it as well. Because, yes, we're in church on Sunday morning, and the pastor is asking this question, and we have all of a Sunday school answer, yes, right? But there are days when I feel like maybe sometimes we wonder, or we forget, all right, that Jesus, does he really heal? Does he? Because I'm asking, all right? And we haven't gotten the response that we wanted. So today we're going to talk about that in this Believe series. Do we believe that Jesus heals? We're going to look in Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14. Read these verses with me. It says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. Check this out, verse 15. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. So Jesus is coming down this mountain, right? He's had this experience and all he, he sees immediately, everyone's arguing, right? But then Jesus is now on the scene and says, everyone, when they saw him, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to him. And so another question that I want to ask this morning is, both literally and figuratively, and don't answer this one out loud, but are we running to Jesus? Are we really running to Jesus in all aspects of our life? In worship, are we running to Jesus? With our problems, are we running to Jesus? In our prayers, are we running to Jesus? In the mundane, in the day-to-day, are we running to Jesus? Or is it like that song that, that Cassie led so beautifully? Do we have a Sunday morning faith? We're in church and, and we have this faith. But what about the rest of the week, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and so on, all the way back? Are we running after Jesus? Or, sadly, have we lost the wonder? Have we lost the wonder in our walk? Has Jesus kind of just become this thing in our lives, right? That we maybe check the box and we do this and it's become more religious, or it's become more of an obligation, or whatever it might be, it's become static in our lives, and we've lost the wonder of Jesus. Because when we see what wonder looks like, wonder is running to him. When we are filled with the wonder and the awe of Jesus, we run to him. And you know what's incredible? When we're not filled with the wonder, you know how we get it back? We run to him. That's where we find the wonder of Jesus. Not by trying all these things. Let me, just, let me just extend my quiet time. And I'm going to read four chapters today instead of the one or two or whatever it might be. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to do all this work to try and regain the wonder of Jesus. And it still just becomes this religion, this obligation. Just say, no, you want the wonder of me? Come to me. Right? Ask me. Run to me. Pursue me. And so what we see here is these people, when Jesus is on the scene, they run to him because they're overwhelmed with wonder. They run to him. So this morning... At the, end of, at the end of the sermon, we're going to have an opportunity to run to Jesus, to run up here and be filled with the wonder and awe of his healing and holy power in Jesus' name. 
Verse 16, it goes on to say, Jesus says, What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, it becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus says these words in verse 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Okay. Yeah, awkward laughter um, from these verses. But I want to talk about this this morning. Because I think a lot of our reluctance about believing for Jesus to heal us is that what if he doesn't? What if the prayer isn't answered? And so we just don't, right? Almost to protect ourselves, to protect what we would almost call rejection and feeling that it's something that we've done wrong. And we see these verses right here where Jesus says, you unbelieving generation. Listen, I want to I say something real quick on behalf of Beaches Chapel and the leadership here, all right? When we ask for healing, it's not a, there's not a faithometer right next to us, right? That tells us how big or how little our faith is that is conditional on how Jesus answers our prayer, Okay? That's not what is being said here, all right? It's, if that were the case, if it was about how much faith we have when we approach Jesus, then guess what? Then it's our responsibility. Then it becomes more works. And it's based on me and not you or the other person. And now, even more so, Jesus is, is dependent on us to do a work in our lives. And let me tell you, that's backwards right there. That's not what this is. And so when we approach the altar, when we go to Jesus in church on Sundays or in our own quiet time, in our own car or our living room, wherever that might be, he's not going, well, I wonder how much faith you have today. And that's going to determine what I say yes and no to, to what you bring to me. It's not it. Because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one that grows our faith. If we approach God that way, then all of a sudden it's up to me to, to gain this faith to do this thing. Now, in this verse, in these verses, I do believe that Jesus is after their heart. And there is something going on here with a lack of faith. And who is he talking to here? He says this generation, I, listen, he's talking to everybody. I think he's talking to everybody. He's talking to the scribes who are arguing that Jesus can't heal. I think he's talking to the disciples who haven't quite learned yet how Jesus can heal. And I think he's also talking to the dad in this situation. We'll see that in a minute. So there is that going on. But we know the healing power of Jesus. You read the Bible. We see the stories. They've already been written. They've already been done. We see it right there, right? And so we believe, yes, as has already been said, that Jesus heals. It's not a faith issue, y'all. Sometimes it's just a no. Or sometimes it's just God's ways are higher than our ways. And there are examples of that in Scripture. David prayed for his son to be healed, to not die. Prayed and prayed and prayed. God said no. Another great example that I want to look at that backs up what I'm saying here this morning, so you don't just take it from me, but you see it in Scripture, is 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 8. This is Paul writing the church of Corinth. Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's responsible for most of the New Testament, he says this, starting in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 12, three times I pleaded, pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Y'all say pleaded. The Apostle Paul is pleading to God to take this infirmity that he has, this thorn in his side, away from him. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, this is Paul saying now, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses 
so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's saying, look, in my pain, I have to operate differently. I have to rely on Jesus more in my pain. And that's, all, that's true of all of us. Whatever pain that we may have gone through in our life, whether it's spiritual, emotional, physical, it makes us conduct things differently. And so think about this for a second. Paul has pleaded with God to heal him. Paul, right? Paul. <laughs> Who, but it, he was so drenched in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when he would walk by and a shadow would hit sick people, they would get healed. Right? Paul, who worshiped in prison and the doors burst open and the ground shook, Paul. Paul, who heard the voice of Jesus on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever, that Paul prayed to God for healing and God said no. Y'all think it was because of a lack of faith? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's Paul, y'all. That's not Paul. It's not a lack of faith issue. He's got like all the faith in the world. He wrote half the New Testament for crying out loud. So don't come to me with that. Like Paul did not have a lack of faith here. It was just God saying, that's not for you right now. All I know is this. Jesus heals and his request for us is to ask away. Ask, 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 ask. Right? And here's the beauty of it. If my prayer doesn't get answered, but someone else's does, praise God. I'm going to live off that. But here's my Here's where I'm at today this morning, y'all. I'm going to be real honest with you. I believe that we're going to see miracles today. I believe that this front altar area, when you come up, is going to be so anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit that we are going to see miracles this morning, today, Sunday, January 14th, 2024. So we're going to ask. We're going to see Jesus show off. All right, let's get back to the story in verse 20. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Hmm. Here's why I believe that Jesus was talking to the father as well. If you can do anything. Not you can do anything, you can do everything. If you can do anything, take pity on us and heal him. I love Jesus' response here in verse 23. If you can, if you can, like, are you serious? Do you know who you're talking He's talking about if you can, right? <laughs> if you can. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Listen, I don't know if there is a more genuine and relatable verse in the entire Bible than I do believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Right? How many of us have been in that boat before? We're like, God, I believe. Can you please just help my unbelief? Right? <laughs> just a few of us? Wow. Um, I have. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Like, I believe, but I just kind of have one foot out of the boat. I'm going to keep one foot in the boat. That's help my unbelief. Help my unbelief is I believe a thousand percent for my brother or sister. 
but I'm just going to take the report given to me and just live and wallow in defeat. Or I read these stories in the Bible, Jesus, and I know that they are true, but I just don't know if they're true for me. That's Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. But you know what the beauty of this statement is? It's a statement of faith. It is a statement of faith. You know why? Who's the dad talking to? Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith. So as he's saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, he's going to the one who can help his unbelief. Right? So it's, it's kind of this weird little juxtaposition here of in order to fix our unbelief, we have to first believe. Right? But here's the beauty of it. God can work with just this little bit. Like if we believe, right, we believe, he's going to water that belief so that this unbelief over here starts to go away. And that unbelief becomes belief. And, and if we could just for a second pause and consider this dad and what he's just told Jesus about his son. He's had this demonic spirit, these seizures since he was a little child, right, all his childhood. It says that the demon would try and throw him in fire and water to kill him. Like, do you know the paranoia as a parent you must live with when you're dealing with something like that? Anytime they're cooking and there's an open fire, anytime they're washing anything, any, anything with water, any time. Like, this child is under constant surveillance. Parents, you know, before your children learned how to swim, how fun is it to go over to someone's house with a pool, right? Just, ah, ah, where are they? Constantly head counts. Like, what do you think? What do you think? Okay, they're good. They're safe. They're not dead. They're not in the bottom of the pool. Thank God, right? Like, every year, I'm so glad, like, when winter hits. Like, I, I can live again. Praise God, you know? That is, that is this dad's and the mom's existence with their boy. It, it, instead of, though, there being a pool in the backyard, it's a demon inside of them. Hello. So, yeah, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Because what I see now is my kid seizing from a demonic spirit that is trying literally to kill him. So let's not be too harsh on the dad right here. I think we can all relate. Lord, I believe. And maybe, maybe that needs to be our prayer this morning before anything else. Is God, if there is unbelief in my heart, help my unbelief. Father, I pray, Jesus, you're just going to stop right now, Lord. God, as, as we're walking through life and dealing with all sorts of situations, I pray, Jesus, for each one of us, those watching online and those in this room, if we're dealing with unbelief, Father, that, that would be our heart's cry. Not that we would hide it, not that we would try and fake it, but that we would come to you over and over and say, God, I'm having a hard time believing. Help my unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Verse 25. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. So here it is. It's, it's the demonic spirit's last-ditch effort. He's been trying to kill this boy since childhood. Throwing him in fires, drowning him in water. And Jesus says, you come out of here right now. You come out of him right now. And he does one last like, violent convulsion that tries to kill the boy. It's like, okay, I'm going to come out. I have to listen to you, but I'm going to give it one more try. 
And he does a pretty good job, but not a good enough job. Such a good job that everyone around him thought the boy was dead. Jesus is like, no, he's not dead. Come on, get up. And this really, this story really makes me wonder, you know, they don't give us the boy's name or the dad's name, but like, I do just wonder, and this doesn't really have much to do with today, but like, what is this kid going to do for Jesus later in life that a demon is after him from childhood, you know? So parents, think about that with your kids. When you see the enemy after him, just know that God is after them more. Has got something for your kids. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says this. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So we believe in, in, in order to receive Jesus as our Savior, we believe in our hearts, right? We believe in our hearts and we profess with our mouth and we're saved. I believe the same is true with healing. We believe in our hearts that Jesus can heal. But then we profess with our mouth the same thing. We got to profess with our mouth the same thing. Because what the enemy is try, tries to tell us over and over again is you can't be healed. He's not going to answer that. Don't tell anybody that. Don't go up for prayer. You've gone 10 times already. Don't go up the 11th or the 1100th, whatever the case may be for you. Don't do that. And he shuts our mouth. How many of us, and don't raise your hand on this either, but how many of us are reluctant to tell other people the prayer requests that we so desperately need in our lives? Right? It's why we have a prayer chain, y'all. We have a prayer chain here, and we've had some people tell us some things that we can improve on it, and we are, we have. And if you haven't signed up for the prayer chain, you can do that. I think we have actually a slide for it, maybe you're not. But if, if, if not, contact us and start speaking those requests out, Right? We have to start professing that Jesus is our healer, that he can heal. It's not just that we believe it in our heart, but we say, Jesus, you can heal this. Not if you can heal this. You can heal this. You can do everything, Lord. All things come through you. You are the authority. I believe it in my heart, and I profess it with my mouth. I'm going to put it out there. And the reason that we have such a hard time professing our prayer requests is because once we do, it becomes real, right? It's like, oh, this is real now. I've told somebody. I've told some people. Well, the same is true when we profess Jesus' authority over those things, too. So I want to encourage all of us to model this out of Romans, that we wouldn't just believe that Jesus can heal in our hearts, but we would say it. Say it all the time. It goes on to say in verse 17 of Romans chapter 10, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Help my unbelief. How do we help our unbelief? By getting in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Who is the word? Jesus. John 1.1 1, 1 says that. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So how, how do we get that wonder back? How do we start running to Jesus again, we get in the word and we are reminded of who he is and our faith grows. And then the questions, the ask become even bigger. Not God heal my stubbed toe, but God heal my cancer. Right? 
because we're reminded of who Jesus is. But it's not enough, y'all, that we just get in the word and we check the box. We have to believe it. We have to believe it in every aspect of our lives. We believe it when we pray over our marriages. We believe it when we pray over our kids and over our finances. We believe it when we're doing the dishes, when we're mowing the yard, right? When we're doing the laundry, when we're at the gym, when we're surfing, when we're shopping, whatever it might be, when we're at school, every single thing that we do, we believe that Jesus is the full authority. When we start walking in that belief, Every day, all day, not just that Sunday faith, but the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday faith. Woo! We're going to see some things. We're going to see some things. But we have to take this word, this Jesus, these stories that are written in the word of God and take them with us everywhere we go. Before us, next to us, and behind us. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? I think it's such a tactic of the enemy Ugh. that we can read all these stories of Jesus healing in the Gospels and yet still be so reluctant or afraid to pray for the big stuff. Like what a tactic of the enemy. What an accomplishment of the enemy to make us afraid when it's in the Bible over and over and over. You know, the Gospels, there's some parts where it's only like one or two verses where one of the writers will say, and Jesus went into the town and the sick came to him and he healed all those, right? You know, those very familiar with that? It's just like one or two verses. Like, what does that mean, right? Like, how many? How sick were they? What were the diseases? What did that look like? But because, listen, John concludes the Gospel of John by saying, we can't write it all. Right, I'm paraphrasing here, but there's not enough books that we could write all this stuff and that the world could contain all that Jesus did. In other words, we can't tell you, we can't begin to tell you all the miracles that Jesus performed. There's just too many. So we're going to give you some bullet points. We're going to give you some good ones. But we could not begin to tell you everything that he did. And we read that. And we, we talk about stories like this one that we're talking about this morning on Sundays in church, right? And we get all pumped up, but then Monday comes and we're like, I'm not going to pray about that. I'm not going to tell anybody about that. I don't want to be a burden. Like, for real, great job, Satan. I believe it in my heart, but I'm not professing it with my mouth. Great job, Satan. You just shut my mouth to truly believe and walk in the truth that Jesus can heal me of this. Or that Jesus can heal you of this. I just, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to, I don't want other people to know. Great job, Satan. You did it again. We read it all over the place, but we don't walk in it because we're afraid. Y'all, come on. What did we talk about last week? The whole basis of this entire series. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. So we're going to ask, 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 and ask some more. Starting right now. If the band could come back up. This morning, we're going to be praying for salvation. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, if you've been trying and trying and trying, just do it all yourself, and life is just beating you up. God's been eating at your heart, pulling you towards him. Today's the day for you to come up and get prayed for. If you need to rededicate your life, maybe you were walking with Jesus and 
you, you just started walking away for whatever reason. This is your time. We're going to pray for physical healing this morning. If you have a, a sickness, something in your body that you're just, you need healing for, whatever that is, there's nothing too small and certainly nothing too big. We're going to pray for you as well. We're going to pray for addictions this morning. If you're struggling with an addiction, whatever that is, we want to pray for you this morning. And lastly, for your mental health. If you need healing for mental health, you're struggling with anxiety or thoughts of suicide or depression, those demonic spirits, I'm going to pray for you as well. Here's what I'm not going to do this morning. I'm not going to do a blanket prayer over all of us for this. You're not getting off that easy. If you need prayer, come up to the front. Okay? That's it. I want to to close with this verse. We're going to have our prayer team come on up. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong, check this out, to the family of believers. That's what we are, y'all. We're a family of believers. So let's stand up. And I'm going to say this too. I believe God is at some at work at something a lot bigger than I want to say just healing this morning. God's doing something else here. He's preparing us for testimonies to share with other people. And I believe the healings that take place today are not so much about you, but more so about those that are lost that need Jesus. These stories that are going to come out of here, out of today, that are going to reach people that need Jesus. That's what this is really about. It's about the lost coming to know him. As much as it is about you being healed, it's about the lost coming to know Jesus. So the band's going to enter back into worship. And if you need prayer this morning, come on up. You know where to find us.